Dr. Phil. He's a soldier, but his battle scars... Full-blown knuckles to the face, stomach, groin... ...come from his wife. I have an anger issue. What are you so angry about? She can't control her rage. Your husband's mother. You beat her up and then threaten to kill her. I can't live a lifestyle like this anymore. Now her family fears for her daughter. You sent a text message, I'm ready to beat your granddaughter black and blue. If you watch this show at all, you know that all of us here at the Dr. Phil Show are on a mission to end the silence on domestic violence. Now, I have always said you never lay hands on a woman in anger. You just don't do it. There's no circumstance. There's no excuse. There's no reason. But what if it's the other way around? It's a scenario that doesn't happen as often, but can be just as serious. Today, the story of a man who is the victim of domestic violence at the hands of a woman. Now, it may seem hard to believe, but Quinn is a soldier who spent four years in the U.S. Army, did two tours in Iraq, and his biggest physical and emotional scars have not been from going to war. They're from fighting and being attacked by his wife. Take a look. When I first met Sarah, it was the greatest thing. She was the one. We were dating about seven months, and he was getting ready to deploy to Iraq, and so we went and eloped. When we came home from Iraq, we started arguing about everything. It'd get to the point where it was nose-to-nose, face-to-face, arguing back and forth. Our fights would get very physical. I would start punching. I was the aggressor. Full-blown knuckles to the face, back of the head, ears, stomach, groin, just anywhere. He would try and block me. He would try and keep me from doing it. I would never hit Sarah back because I was raised to not put my hands on a woman. One time I ended up shattering a glass door over the top of his head. He ended up getting seven or eight stitches. She's busted my lip. She's cracked one of my teeth. I've had bruises all over my legs. I don't know how to control my anger. Sarah's beyond out of control. Quinn calls the police because he was tired of being hurt. She's been arrested for domestic violence twice. One of the times I was arrested, I spent five days in jail. If I get arrested for domestic violence again, I'm looking at spending up to a year in jail. It scares the hell out of me. I feel horrible about what I did to him. I don't understand how I could do it and why I did it. I'm terrified that one day she's going to come unhinged. Somebody in this world is going to have to pay for it. Okay. Now, you two have not seen each other in a month. Correct. Correct, but you've been married for five years. Correct. Right? There are children involved? Yes. Tell me about that. Uh, we have a two-year-old little girl, and we have a six-and-a-half-month-old little boy. Mm-hmm. And um, why are you here? I have an anger issue, and I don't have a good relationship with my family. And I need help. What are you so angry about? I'm angry at my parents. I'm angry at the kind of marriage I've had. I want to fix it all. I want a normal life. Are you a victim, perpetrator, or both? Both. You're a victim of what? Abuse. Mm-hmm. Child abuse. And, and who abused you? My dad. Mm-hmm. And where is he? He's here today. Mm-hmm. Um, I see him. Where is he? 
Would it surprise you that he's not going to participate? No. Because yeah. he, he was here to participate, and he's participated in some of the pre-show work, but when it came down to sign a typical release for the show, he said he, he wouldn't sign it. And I would have thought he would have been the first one out here because the fact of the matter is he has abused you, correct? Yes. And he's gone to jail for it. Yes. And now he, he's seeing the results of that in your life with the rage and anger that you have now. But he opted not to participate. Why are you here? Because I need to get everything off my chest towards my wife and get her to actually realize what she has put me through and why my mind is the way it is towards her. By the way, I understand you've done two tours of duty in Iraq? That is correct, yes, sir. May I thank you for your service? Here's a message from Quinn to Sarah telling her just how hard it's been to be a victim of her abuse. Sarah, I love you with all my heart for my children, but I do not love you as a wife. The physical, the visual, the mental scars that you put to my body, to my brain, and to my heart. I can't live a lifestyle like this anymore. Respond to that, please. I'm, I know I've put you through a lot of crap that I never should have put you through. And I know you don't deserve somebody that's going to beat you that's going to fight with you. I know I need help. I love you. I want to be your wife. I want us to raise our kids together and not in separate homes. I want to change. I want to get help. I want to become that person you fell in love with. I want to be a mom. I'm not a monster. I want to be your wife. What do you think about what she's saying? In those past two years of begging and pleading, and then the mental and physical abuse continuing after we've been begging for remorse <clears throat> and help for her and been denied. I look at it as, why does it have to come down to this before you'll actually change? When you say physical and mental verbal abuse, we're talking about, and I made a list. It actually took two cards to make the list. You punch him, slap him, you've kicked him in the face, chest, arms, and back on a weekly basis. This isn't like you have a bad day once a year. This is regular. You throw things at him, jewelry boxes, candles, phones, remote controls, toys, car keys. You slammed a glass door, put nine stitches in his head and a permanent scar. You punched him, kicked him to the ground, and stomped on him for a minute. 
while he begs you to stop. You've had the police called on you eight times. Eight times. In April of last year, you were arrested for domestic violence, spent five days in jail and 12 weeks of anger management, apparently not a successful course. Eight weeks later, before you completed the 12 weeks of anger management, you were arrested for domestic violence again. And the verbal is as bad or worse, isn't it? You've called him smart-ass, dumb-ass, idiot. Um, you know, I, I can't even bleep these. But it was interesting, one of the things that you've chosen to do is attack his manhood. Man's spent two tours in Iraq uh, in a high-risk situation, but you, you've been his manhood. Have you cheated on him? Yes. And so you've come back and said, compared to you, this is guy's great. You're nothing, right? You, you, you can't do anything for me. Out of spite, out of anger, in fights, yes. You wanted to hurt him. Well, you did. And how can you do something like that to somebody that you claim you love? Well, we'll talk about that. We're going to take a break. And uh, when we come back, the mothers of these two are going to join in and give us their point of view. We'll be right back. I blame my parents for why I have so much anger built up. My dad has probably physically hit me more than 20 times. I never laid a hand on it. I don't know where she gets this. The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street, essential television. When I get mad, I feel like physical violence is the only way I know how to handle the situation. Something was sparking Sarah's mind and then the rage would just go. When my adrenaline starts kicking in, that's when I can't control it. I think I could get mellow enough to kill somebody. What scares me the most about Sarah is her temper and how she cannot control it. She has no control over it at all. Well, that was Sarah talking about why she can't control her own anger. Now, Sarah's husband, Quinn, says that Sarah physically abuses him and that she won't take responsibility for her anger issues. She blames her parents for her violent behavior. Take a look. I blame my parents for why I have so much anger built up. I was physically abused by my dad. My husband never laid a hand on her until that day when she was 16 years old. I don't look at it as it was discipline, it was more abuse. I spanked her with a belt because talking to her wasn't doing any good. I did get regular spanking when I was 16. My dad has probably physically hit me more than 20 times. I never laid a hand on it. My mom never stood up to my dad and 
she would say one thing to us, but when he said something, she would take his side. I don't know where she gets this, that we all we did was beat her and scream and yell at her because we never did anything like that. There's some things bothering her. I don't know what they are, but I know something's eating at her inside big time. I have so much rage towards him. The way Sarah acts and her aggression, I don't know what causes it. Well, Sarah's mom, Tracy, and mother-in-law, Renee, are both here, and they're going to join this conversation. You have to be concerned about your son and his safety, and I assume your grandchildren. And my grandchildren, yes. Tell me what your thinking is. My thinking is, if Sarah doesn't get help, as she admitted, she is capable of killing him. And I believe that because my granddaughter is two years old and can talk back and have an attitude, that she will escalate her violence towards her child. Do you agree? I agree 100%. You think these grandchildren are in, at risk? Yes, if she doesn't get help. And, and that Quinn's at risk. Well, Quinn says Sarah has been striking out at him with physical violence since they got married, but it wasn't until she got into a fist fight and beat up his mother that he said, enough is enough. Take a look. One time I was staying at Quinn's parents' house and I overheard his mom talking about me. I confronted her, I hit her. We just went round and round and round in circles. I ripped her shirt, broke her necklace. I punched her in the face multiple times, pulled her hair. I beat the crap out of her. I got in the middle and separated them. It blacked one eye, bled across my nose, and blacked my other eye. Her forehead was swollen up almost the size of a small volleyball. I was completely dumbfounded that it happened. I felt bad. can't believe I did it. I did not call the police on her. She told Quinn that if the police were called and she went to jail, that when she got out, she would kill me. What do you think about that when you look back on it? I mean, because you just described attacking your husband's mother. You, you, you said you beat her up. Her head's swollen up. You've, you've hit her in, in the face. And then threatened to kill her if you were held to account for what you had done. Looking back on that now, what, what do you say about that? I don't know why I did it. I can't believe I did something like that. I don't see how I'm capable of saying that, how I'm capable of doing it. I love her. I've had more of a mother-daughter relationship with her than I have my own mom. Even after for a long she time. beat me. Even after she beat you up. And then you, you sent a text message to her just a few months ago. Okay, well, I'm not going to make it again because I have no one to take the kids for a few. Plus, I'm ready to beat your granddaughter black and blue. I so cannot take much more of her. I did write that, but knowing how I talk and how things are said in the household, I didn't think she was going to take it like that. Mm -hmm. I get to the point I want to... She going to take what like what? That I'm going to beat my daughter to the point I hurt her. But Sarah, when you can take a belt to a two-year-old, you can hurt her because you can't stop. You didn't well, like being beat. No, you, I didn't. But exactly. when all I know is a belt, because that's how I was raised. But have no, I not tried to help you? Yes, not I do was. It. Do not sit there and lie. 
Don't start yelling at me. I'll get up and leave. Well, then leave. Lie about what? What is she lying about? They whipped me with a belt, and she's going to sit here and say they did it. I love my husband so much. But I feel that because a man has beat me and abused me my whole life, that's all I know, and that's why I take the anger out on my husband, because I'm getting back at a man. Can I ask you a question? (laughs) What does that have to do with adultery? I don't know. While I was deployed, under deployment, I have to call home to tell my wife that a serious incident happened and I get interrupted to be told that my spouse is committing adultery and hang the phone up. And then I lose my temper after I get off the phone and get punished by the military. Because I have to call home and Dr. say Phil, a serious where's the relation between physical abuse with a belt for her when she was a child to leading it all the way to adultery? Where is the connection? When it comes, when it comes, I'm sorry. I know you just asked me a question, but when it comes to adultery, the only thing that I can think and figure out is I was tired of being alone. I thought marrying him and being in the military was going to be great, and it wasn't. He was gone all the time. One hour before I left my home in Germany, I was stationed in Germany for four years, for the deployment that I volunteered for. My wife looked me in my eyes in the middle of an argument and told me she wishes I died so she could collect my insurance check. Well, she'd never have to deal with him again. And this is one hour, Dr. Phil, before I left to board a bus to fly to Baghdad. One hour. Apparently it is the child you raised. And that's the, that's the whole point. Look, we, we talk about the younger generation as though we have nothing to do with it. You've got to understand you know, what you reap, you sow. I mean, come on. You, you can't tell me you don't get the connection. We're going to take a break, and then I'm going to say a hell of a lot. Um, <laughs> Sarah's husband, mother-in-law, and even her own parents say she's been abusive and neglectful to their two-year-old daughter. Now, what Sarah says about those very serious allegations when we come back. I believe my anger has affected our kids. I have witnessed Sarah striking my granddaughter with a belt. I don't feel like I've abused my children. When I sit there and think that I have a physically abusive wife, it almost makes me feel less of a man because no man that I know puts up with a woman putting their hands on them. They'll either put their hands back on them or they divorce them and I've yet to do anything because there's just something about it to make me want to stay. It really is hard for me to put it into words. It's heartbreaking. Well, Sarah's family members say they're concerned for the well-being of her children, especially her two-year-old daughter, and there's a a six-and-a-half-month-old baby as well. Um, This hits particularly close to home for me because I have grandchildren that age, and I realize how vulnerable they are, how easy it is for them to be hurt by someone that would put their own agenda, their own emotions, their own feelings ahead of the welfare of their child. 
Now, Sarah says she doesn't want to abuse her children, but she says she cannot control her temper. Take a look. Our children are my world. I don't know what I would do without them. Sarah and I fight in front of the kids. The kids have been exposed to everything, yelling, screaming, fighting. I believe my anger has affected our kids. Those poor kids, they hear everything. Sarah yells at them almost every day over stupid stuff, not picking up toys. I lose my temper when I end up yelling at her. I'm sick and tired of this. I'm going to beat the hell out of her. I'm knocking teeth out of your mouth. Just things you don't say to a two-year-old. With this guy, I'm going to take my belt off. I have witnessed Sarah striking my granddaughter with a belt. I do pop her on her butt or her bare legs enough to get their attention. She'll just give her that, that whip and that, that crack noise is what petrifies my daughter. If I step up for my children and defend them, then my wife will divert her anger from the children to me. I have to stand back and watch because I'm not the parent. The laws will not allow me to protect them from their mother, and that kills me. I don't feel like I've abused my children. What was that last thing you said there? The question I wanted to ask was, how can you sit there and say that that's not how I was raised when you have a problem as well and you don't want to admit it, you don't want to get help. You have been verbally and mentally abused for as long as I can remember by your husband and you won't get help. So yes, I'm learning from experience. Except this situation, it's a woman towards a man instead of a man towards a woman. Stop, stop, stop. You have a problem with anger and your children are at risk. Children and having access to children is not a biological right. It is a privilege that you earn and you maintain by good choices and reasonable conduct. And I want to know. Okay. I want to know what I have to do. That's not something that just because, just because you share DNA, you have the right to those children. Let me assure you, you do not. That's not Amen. how it works. That's just not how it works. You say you, you, you admit that you hit your daughter with a belt that makes a whip noise that petrifies your daughter. You scream at her for no reason sometimes, right? It's just frustration. You scream at her for no reason. You, you, you scare the kids when you all fight in front of them in the car. Uh, you deny that you leave them alone for hours to get away. But others say that you do. I don't want to hear it right now. Uh, he says, if you back talk to me, I'm going to knock your teeth out of your mouth and slap you across your jaw. Have you said that to your child? I never said I'd knock her teeth out, but I did say I would slap her. Do you have any understanding about how children reason and, and what level of understanding they have? Because no. let me tell you what it looks like to them. You are supposed to love me and protect me and nurture me, which you do sometimes. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you attack me and inflict pain on me? What, what is a child supposed to say to themselves about that? You obviously have a very low frustration tolerance. Would you agree? And you attribute this to the upbringing that your mother wants to deny a majority of. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a break. I'm going to tell you exactly how all this links up. I'm going to tell you exactly what your role needs to be, your role needs to be, your role needs to be, and your role needs to be. I'm going to put verbs in my sentences. This is going to get real clear real quick. We'll be right back.
Well, I'm here with Sarah and her family who are afraid that if she doesn't get her anger issues under control, something horrible will happen to her children. Now, you've been incarcerated twice, once for five days, once for a few hours. You've been assigned to a 12-week anger management course. How many of those did you miss and your counselor just wrote off on them? So you didn't even have to go to them. Mm -mm. You didn't even go mm -mm. because you didn't feel like it, you were tired, you were whatever. No, and your a lot counselor of times it would be them. we forgot or we had stuff going on Doesn't and we can't make it why. back. Come but on. I, I didn't don't go hear to it. some of them. I don't want to hear it. Don't come here and tell me you want help and then defend missing half your anger management courses. Look, there's a legacy here, okay? It is true. Children learn what they live. If you think for one second that you did not write on the slate of who this girl is with what she grew up in and around, then you're just missing something, right? Your well, husband went to jail for abusing her? He went to jail for spanking her. Do you believe you have any responsibility, accountability for the way she is today? Partly. Because, I mean, yeah, there's times when I would get mad about things, but I wouldn't take it out on my kids. Children are products of their upbringing. If they grow up in turmoil, chaos, they watch abuse, whether it's directed at them or just around them, that changes who they are. It's like when you burn yourself really bad, it leaves a scar for the rest of your life. That's what happens when a child grows up in a chaotic, tumultuous environment. I'm not going to deny my husband and I have had problems in okay, the past. Okay, I'm, I'm, really, I'm not interested in taking y'all's inventory. I just but want to I'm know just... if you acknowledge the fact that she did not grow up in a harmonious environment in which she was nurtured and taught to feel good about herself and have a series of, of success experiences on the family front. Yes, she did. This child, up until she turned 12 or 13, when she hit puberty, <laughs> I couldn't have asked for a sweeter child. We had no problems out of her whatsoever. When she hit the, you know, puberty, the hormones, everything kicked in. We attribute, thought that's what the problem was. The hormones kicking in, you know, and her body was changing. And okay, well then let's talk about what happened after 13. It, her I, father went to jail over her. Come on, are you kidding me? You, you say I don't get that she, there was... Yes, I wow. agree. I agree that got out of control. I do agree. Lady, you are part of the problem. I want you to become part of the solution. Well, I want and if to. you're not willing to do that, then you're not going to help. But don't tell me, I brought her in here for you to fix her. Why are you talking to me? I'm talking Dr. to you because you are part of her legacy. Dr. I have been over backwards for the last six or seven years trying to help her, and she won't let me. I want to give you some new tools. I'll take any help I can get. I'd like to get to it. When her father went to jail, who did you side with? At the time, I was put, I was in the middle. I was torn. I was wanting to, to, just, just I love my husband, but I love my daughter. But you I picked was a man over middle. your child. You picked a man over your own flesh and blood. Did I not sit down and try to talk with you this is, about this, everything? This is about between me and you and our children, Sarah. Yeah. And yeah, you're getting I, help. We, yeah. we need the bicker and the stop, please. Help. We're going to take a break. Quinn says, look, he's had it. He's ready to leave Sarah. Uh, exactly. But there's one thing that's holding him back, and we're going to tell you what that is when we come back.
if I don't get away from Sarah, I feel like I'm gonna end up losing my mind and going crazy because I'm, I feel like I feel like I've done everything I can do. Okay, in most cases of domestic violence, it is the man who's the aggressor. Today we're talking about what happens when a woman is abusing a man. Now, it doesn't happen as often, but it is a significant problem in America. And what you see a lot of time is legislation where we're funding uh, violence against women, when we're talking about shelters for women, we're talking about all these resources for women, and men are just left standing there. They're put on the side. They don't get the benefit of legislative empowerment. They don't get the benefit of funding. They don't have resources and places to go. So much so that Quinn elected to go to a second tour of duty in a war zone because it was more peaceful than what he had at home. That was his resource. We need to change that. Quinn says his wife Sarah has abused him for years, but he's ready to put a stop to it by walking away from her for good, if that's what it takes. Take a look. I've had more than enough with Sarah. So I feel like divorce is the only solution. I personally don't think he wants a divorce. He's just tired of being hurt. I feel as if I am always on my tippy toes. I feel as if I do the smallest little thing wrong, she's going to get volatile again. Sarah's told me she wanted me back a million and one times. And Enough's enough. I'm, I'm done. I don't want anything to do with it anymore. I don't want a divorce because I love him. I want to be with him the rest of my life. If, if I don't get away from Sarah, I feel like I'm going to end up losing my mind, going crazy. Because I feel like I feel like I've done everything I can do. Sarah and Quinn are here. They've been married for five years, two children, two and a half, six and a half months. Sarah is abusive mentally, emotionally, and verbally to her husband and really anybody else that gets in her way. Uh, the mothers are here, Renee and Tracy. I think I'm going to talk about you like you're not here for a minute. Okay. Okay? And you're going to think that I'm making excuses for her, but I'm not. I want you to understand some things because it has to do with what you can contribute to solving this situation. You can divorce her. You certainly can, but her children can't. Yes. And that means you need to hope to find a way to fix this situation because your children are going to grow up in her shadow mm -hmm. and exposed to who and what she is unless she crosses the line to the point that you terminate her parental rights. And then they grow up without a mother. Mm -hmm. So there aren't a lot of good options here short of fixing this. Mm -hmm. Okay? What you need to understand, Mom is that there is a legacy that is passed from generation to generation. Good things and bad things. What we want to do is keep the good things. What she's saying is that you have modeled for her behavior that she finds offensive. That she has experienced her father in a way that was painful to her. I don't mean to demonize him. Don't know the man. Nobody's perfect. I'm sure he has flaws and fallacies like everybody else. I'm sure he has good qualities like everybody else. But for her, this was a source of pain. Would you agree with that? Probably. I mean, I can't say. I don't know. I just... Would you, would you say that that's what she reports? That's what she reports. Okay. That, yeah. So, and look, perception is reality. If that's how she perceives it then for her, however demented or distorted that may be, and it may be, that is her reality at this point. 
Okay, so you, it's, it puzzles me that you would look at her and say, gee, I can't imagine why she would be emotionally up and down. You say, how does this lead to adultery? Because this is a woman that hates herself. She hates everything she stands for. She hates what she does. She hates who she is. And so she goes on self-destruct. With people that are abusive, there is a powerful sense of entitlement. Mm -hmm. I am entitled. I want immediate gratification. Give me what I want when I want it, and I want it now. And that is exactly who she is, and that's exactly why her frustration tolerance is about like that. When the children that are two don't act like they're 15, she doesn't get it and has no patience for that. When he is gone and she is frustrated, she wants immediate gratification. Go find some loser up here and have an affair. Immediate gratification. And she justifies it because to her, men are a source of pain, so screw you. And by God, when you get back, I will beat on you just to vent because she builds up anxiety to the point that she is going to explode. And if she can beat on you, yell at you, throw things at you, then that vents and lets the anxiety deplete for a minute. And then she's like, oh, my God. Until tomorrow morning. Exactly. And then it starts building right back up. So that's how all of this ties together. When you see anger on the outside, yelling, screaming, throwing, fighting, cussing, hitting, all of that, if you just peel that layer off, what you see behind it is a lot of pain. Yes. And under that is a good person. So when you look at all of that, when you see all the anger, you know she's experiencing a tremendous amount of pain. Now, if she's beating on her daughter, does that matter that it comes from pain? Well, it just comes from pain, baby. No. No. That doesn't make it okay. It has to stop. It has to change. Mm -hmm. So that's what I want you to understand. I'm going to tell you what you need to understand after the break. talking about domestic violence today as part of our ongoing series in the silence on domestic violence but this is a two-way street it is not always the woman who is the victim at times the man is the one that is getting hurt abused uh, demeaned er everything you can imagine and that's what we're dealing with today the difference is men don't have much in the way of resources Uh, partner violence is often mutual in fact Um, and there are injuries that can happen in these situations by accident. It doesn't even have to be on purpose. It doesn't even have to be what you intend. Now, let me tell you something. Children that are the subject of abuse, neglect, bad modeling, bad environment, bad exposure, whatever, have zero accountability for that because you're a child. You are a victim in that sense and I am sorry if, if you grew up with even a part of your life being painful. I'm sorry that you, that you grew up with that. You have zero accountability. But you know what you do have accountability for? What you do about it now because you are an adult and adults have the choice to choose and you have to choose. And the first thing you have to choose is to stop all your defensiveness, stop all of your blaming of your past, stop all of your justifying it by what he does or doesn't do or what the children do or don't do. You need to be big enough to acknowledge that you are broken. I am. That you are broken. And you need to stop blaming your mother and father because you want to vent at them. And you need to stop blaming your husband because you want to vent at him. And you want to stop taking it out on your children because they're not big enough to fight back. 
there comes a time when you've got to rise above your raisin. Oh. You've got to choose to be different. You've got to choose to be a different person. And you can make choices about this. Well, like I've told Renee, I want... I don't want to be a bad mom. I want to be better for my kids than what was done for me. If I don't you want, want them to be to have a better mother, you have to become a better person. Mm -hmm. And to become a better person, you have to heal what is broken in you. And you can't do that if you keep fighting against the people in your life that love you and want the best for you. But what you have to do is understand that there are skills you can learn physiological skills, cognitive skills, behavioral skills that can cause you to be able to manage this because you recognize it early on. And I will get you the help doing that, but it doesn't do any good if you have an attitude about it where you say, oh, it's their fault, they did this to me, I'm a victim. And you need to understand something. If I set these things up for you, through our advisory board here and our resource directors here, which we do for all of our guests, then I will bring you the people that, in my opinion, are the best of the best. And what you need to understand is if they set up an appointment for you, then you better show up. Amen. I want to. Because you tell me to do all of that and I put it in place for you, and then you don't go, I will fire you, and you will be right back where you were. You do not take my help and resources and then blow them off with some arrogant, childish behavior. You make an appointment with these professionals, you show up on time, leaning forward, and do what you need to do. Amen. Okay? Now, let me close by saying this. Let me close by saying this. It is premature for you to divorce her at this point. You need to give her and all of, uh, of my team a chance to find out who this woman really is. It is premature to do that. It's premature for you. It's premature for your children. Your job between now and that time is to protect your children. You do not one time for one minute under any circumstances leave those children unsupervised with her. Do not do it unless and until the professionals that are going to become involved say she is safe to be around those children. Don't you do it one time. If you do, that's negligence on your part, and I'm putting you on notice to do that. I want to remove myself from her. Whether, whether she gets the help or not, there's, there's nothing that's going to take away the, the mental scars that I have and the physical scars on my body. It's, and going to take, it's going to take you longer to do what you're saying you want to do, then it's going to take us to turn her in a significant way. Just cool your jets. Your feelings may change. And your children deserve the right for their parents to make every effort to try to work this out in an amicable way. you got the rest of your life to get a divorce. Give me 45 days to make a change. Okay. I've got until February 2nd. You, couldn't get, you can't get divorced sooner than that anyway. No. Uh, February 2nd is my date. All right, so, February then, 2nd. so we got a deal. We'll be right back. Well, I want to thank uh, all of my guests today. If you are a male victim of domestic violence and you need help or advice, please call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE. That's 1-800-799-7233.
Now, help is available to callers 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. You don't have to give your name. They're not going to pressure you to do something you don't want to do. But the worst thing you can do if you're in a situation being abused is to isolate yourself. Talk to someone that knows what's going on and can tell you what options are. And for more information, you can go to their website at thehotline.org. Now, if you want to help end the silence on domestic violence, then you can join our campaign here and become a silence breaker. You can go to drphil.com right now and click on Take Dr. Phil's Pledge to End the Silence on Domestic Violence, and then click on Submit Your Pledge. Now, we do collect money if you want to give it, and all of this goes to supporting shelters and those things in different communities that we need to help men, women, and children who have to get out of unsafe environments. Uh, interestingly enough, as radical as this situation is, it's one of those things that can change in a fairly rapid way because there are so many skills, Sarah, that you don't have. And when you learn them and can use them, physiologically, mentally, and emotionally, you can bring about huge change. Thanks for being here. So long.